this week's episode of the Habs Forum. The Habs win two out of three, get five out of six points. Looking good. It wasn't the toughest competition for some of the games, but great game against Boston. We're going to talk about those games. We're going to talk about some upcoming games against Columbus, Ottawa, New York. Can the winning ways continue, Dustin? I don't know. We have plenty of Twitter questions today, so we're going to get to those. Good to see some fan interaction. Some, some pretty interesting ones at that. Also, turns out the Laval Rocket may be the best team in the AHL on a six-game winning streak. It's all very That's exciting. Great. All very exciting. All very, very exciting. And, of course, some prospect news to talk about. As always, follow us on Twitter, at the Habs Forum. And if you were one of the people that asked us a question... You would be a lucky person that's going to be featured on this episode with a shout out and everything. How exciting is that? It's got to be pretty exciting. Oh, I'm excited. Got to be pretty exciting. Anyways, let's get started with the first game uh, since the last podcast, which was a big one. Boston was in Montreal, and it was a classic affair. Not a goalie duel, but a very exciting game. Definitely not a goalie duel. I mean, Tuka Rask, we all know that he tends to struggle against the Montreal Canadiens, especially here in Montreal. Uh, he's and just terrible at the Bell Center. He's been amazing this year. I know. Terrible he's, at the Bell Center. He's been, yeah, his, like goals against average, I think, was under two. Yeah, statistically, he was arguably the best goalie in the league so far. Yeah. But uh, not on this night, thankfully. Not that Carey Price was that much better, but... I do think Price was better. His stats looked worse because yeah. w- when they made it 3-3, Boston only had like three shots. Not three shots. Three shots. <laughs> Twelve shots. Uh, but like some of the two Carras goals, like he two yeah. like hit his glove and went under the net. Those are the type of goals when I'm playing NHL and my goalie lets <laughs> that in, I like throw my controller at the wall. You know, I, like that was the, the goals. Were, but still, overall, I mean, the, the, the team still played well. They're put, putting a lot of pressure on Rask. Uh, early on, they scored really quick right off the bat. And what I thought really stood out to me for this game is we love to shit on the coaching staff when things go wrong, but the, the coaching staff came prepared. Yeah. Would you have ever thought Ben Sherratt and Shea Weber would work together? No, you wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think so. I mean, two I of the mean, guys are did. probably the two slowest defensemen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, they've looked great so far, and I mean to shut down. That Boston top line, who's I mean, got to be the best best line in the NHL. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think so. The most complete and most consistent line in the N- NHL, I would say. But I would only give it put that no. on the shoulders of them, F- uh, Philip Dano. Yeah, Philip Dano, I it's think just... got himself a nomination for the Selkie just with this. Game. Just with this game. Just, just with... with this game. I mean, I think. You know, I, I, obviously he got a little bit of love last season. He finished fifth, uh, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, uh, in Selkie voting. Um, so obviously, I mean, the seeds were already there. But uh, but definitely, I think this game is going to go a long way. And, I mean, if he can keep it going, I definitely think he's going to be in the top three. I mean, you, you got to think. Like, I don't think Dan was the type of player that kind of show, shows up to every game. Not not to say that he shows up more for other games. But you got to think, as he's mentioned, Bergeron being a huge influence for him. Mm. So you got to think he circles those games on the calendar and he can't wait to go up against it like whether like every single face off against each other every single shift and everything you like this was a master class in, in in being a shutdown center in the nhl it was phenomenal yeah definitely i mean a great performance by by the defenseman a great performance by philip Deneau and his line mates but i mean really a, a great performance by the team as a whole i mean everybody everybody really stepped it up this game and they needed a hell of a performance here to beat the boston bruins and and that's what they gave um, I mean, what was the most exciting, I think, uh, throughout the game was uh, the Mete, two goals. And then yep, the guy, thought that? And then the guy with a <laughs> sign in the stands that says, if Mete That's gets true. a hat trick, I will marry my girlfriend. I always wonder when these people have signs that are so relevant, do they just bring the things to make the sign at the arena? Or did he Maybe. happen to have that sign? Maybe. That's, that's a good question. Um but yeah, that was that was definitely a, an exciting point of the game. And then Mete gets a two on one, and he doesn't fucking shoot. He, I guess he knew. He knew about it. Yeah, he knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to have a, a whole a whole wedding on his conscience. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I mean, it, there was a lot of a lot of turning points of this game, and like I want to bring it back to the coaching because it wasn't just the change for the defenseman. I mean, Julien is always all about matchups. He did a great job mm-hmm. of, with his matchups there. I mean. If this is an away game, it, it's it's very very different game because you can't match up Danu with the, that top line as much. But that coach's challenge, yep, 
Now, that coach, like from what I understand, I mean, uh, props to our video guy. We actually had a question about that uh, this week. Um, I, I, for, I forget what, it, what his name is, but he, he, he deserves a lot of recognition. He's got many, many right calls. But from what I understand, from what I've, I've, I've heard from insiders, this wasn't one of those calls where everyone was like, oh, you got to challenge it, you got to challenge it, coach, you got to challenge it. This one was a bit of a like, ooh, we're not sure. But I think yeah. Logier recognized the situation, and I think regardless of what happens with that challenge, it turns the game. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, especially now. And, uh, yeah, so one of our listeners did bring it up. So it's uh, James Forever uh, at JDP Forever. Uh, so we need to give more credit to video guys watching the game so closely to be able to make challenges and overturn the calls. Hats off to them. I have no clue who they are. <laughs> uh, that's true. I don't think any of us know who, who they are, to be fair. But, um, I mean, definitely, especially now that if you lose the challenge, I mean, you're not only losing a timeout, but you're actually getting a penalty. Right? So exactly. You're getting a two-minute penalty. And the Canadians have the one of the worst PKs in the league, and Boston has one of the best power plays in the league. The first goal, Pasternak scored, scored. It took, what, two seconds on the power play, yeah. and he scored? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, definitely. But... Like you said, I mean, that was definitely going to be a, a swing point regardless. Exactly. I mean, at that point, Boston was really starting to turn it on at that point. Exactly. I and think then, that goal stands regardless of a PK coming afterwards. That, that game's over. Yeah, it's probably the game's over. over. Yeah, they were, they were definitely – I mean, the Canadians were definitely on their heels at that point. And then that overturn definitely gave them a bit of life. They scored just a few minutes after yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, I mean that definitely a huge call, and it was so close, so so close. So I mean, it's su- such a risky move to do that. So definitely, I mean, hats off to the video guy for I, sure on this one. I mean, I, I'm I'm convinced that no one thought like even the ha- anyone who made that decision on the has bench had no idea they were fifty fifty. Yeah. But I think Logie smartly kind of like did the pros and the cons, and was like, we're on our way to losing this game anyway. Yeah. Might as well, exactly. They might had, as well they had take to. a shot, and and I'm glad, despite Price having a rough game overall, uh, I'm glad that he was able to shut it down for the like mm-hmm. at least the last ten minutes of the game. Yeah, he really didn't allow any bad goals. It was mainly the one from behind the net that I have an issue with. That that's not really it's just. Like, a, he, yeah. he, I think he'd be the first to tell you that he's yeah. got to have that. He's got to have that. It was a little bit of bad luck on that one. He j- was just turning his head right at the wrong moment. Um, so I mean. Uh, unfortunate, but anyway, I mean the Canadians get the win, and uh, and again a huge, huge play by the uh, by the video guy. And the the one last thing I I, I want to say about this game, it was fantastic to see, as mm-hmm. shitty as that goal was by Tukaras let it in to see Paul Byron get a goal. Yep, definitely. We we talked about it last week. I mean, we don't know exactly what's wrong with Paul Byron. It hasn't looked like the same player, but seeing him get the goal, you could tell in the celebration. It mm-hmm. made it meant a huge deal to him so it was really really happy to, to see that go him and hopefully maybe because sometimes that's all it needs you you can see players sometimes get an empty net goal and that's what kind of like well i thought he looked a lot better this week over yeah i think like, so too, really yeah. played a really good game especially in philly i thought he would might have been the best best player for the montreal Canadiens, aside from Carey price yeah, um even against the kings he had a play, pretty decent game so i mean hopefully he's going to be able to continue that now hope I, I don't know if it was if it was an injury that he was dealing with or if he just needed to get that monkey off his back, but, but I, I think that the line shuffling that finally was was happening. I'm glad that uh, that that uh, Julien finally got away from the the Tatar uh, Daniel Gallagher. As great as that line was, mm-hmm. I, I feel like we were kind of stunting our, our our possibilities of of, of lineups. Uh, so like when now he moved it around a little bit. Tatar got moved off, and Daniel and Gallagher are still together. Uh, you right now like at practice we're seeing Dehuyen with Daniel and Gallagher, and I think this allowed some players like, I mean, uh, Lekkinen had a great pass on on Thompson's goal. Byron scores a goal. I mean, it, it's clearly the players that were struggling. It kind of helped them like yeah yeah definitely get going uh, a little bit for for sure. So so moving on to, to the Philly game you just brought up. I mean, I think Price didn't feel good about this Boston performance and. He, it was really important for him to show up against Philly, and I was just watching the replay, and mm-hmm. the Canadians played atrocious. They were so bad. Like, so I don't, bad. It's weird, you know. I mean, they had such a great game against Boston. Yeah. I don't know if it was just the all the emotions from yeah. that game. Wouldn't be the first time, you know. Yeah. High emotion game, then coming back. But Price, he, he showed up, and he... 
played an amazing game. Yeah, oh, definitely. Carey Price. I mean, if it wasn't for Carey Price, this game would have been, uh, what, 6-7-0? I mean, I, mean I, I don't know about 6-7, but uh, I mean, I don't, I, Could have I, don't been. I don't know why it'd be 0. I mean, well, yeah, I don't he probably didn't score the two goals on, on, <laughs> on, on Carter. Carter Hart did help us out a little bit on the first goal, too, because that was a terrible rebound. Yeah. It was basically a pass to Ben Sherratt in the slot. And, <laughs> and our defense just keeps scoring. The last the last three games. Yeah, they have, I think, seven of, their la- of the Canadians' last ten goals. Okay, Mete has defense. two. Had two against Boston. Weber has had... He had like, two against L.A. L.A., but he had another one also against Philadelphia. Yeah. And then Sherratt's had two. So, like... <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but it's crazy. Especially Sherratt and Mete, like yeah, two guys yeah. you wouldn't expect. And Petrie's not not scoring goals. <laughs> not that he's playing poorly or whatever, but he's the one you'd expect to be uh, to be getting uh, getting the goals. But, uh, but uh, anyways, yeah. So the, the the Philly game, the big story was Carey Price, and after the game, and I, I had a bit of an issue with this. I mean, yes, of course, when you look at the refereeing, I think it was like nine nothing the penalties, including mm-hmm. a penalty shot. Yeah, which obviously. It looks really bad, and and there was the missed high stick on Drouin at the end of the game, which is com- completely unacceptable. Especially, it's a tie game l- late in the game, so sometimes mm-hmm. you see refs not calling as much thing, like uh, as many like plays they're not sure about. But you'd think in a situation where one team is going to all the fucking breaks, yeah. they would make that call. But overall, I think it was more un like the Canadians being undisciplined. Than yeah. the refs. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I definitely think. I mean, they deserved a lot of the penalties. Like Tatar had uh, two again. Yeah, we have, we have a question again. about that that too. Yeah, Tatar again. Yeah, so well, one of the questions that we did get was uh, so uh, from Angry Jim HW on Twitter. So went went what went wrong against Philly? I mean, again, I think it was the emotions. First of all, the emo- all, all the emotions that they had against Boston. Maybe they had a bit of a down game here. Um, and yes, the other question that we got about Tatar was. Is if I'm not mistaken, is is he worth all the penalties? Yeah, yeah exactly. So a question from uh, Habstatistician. Um, so a new <laughs> new podcast is just starting. Uh, is Tatar worth the penalties? I mean, it's here's tough the thing: to Tatar is having a great offensive. He year is so having far. a great year. Fourteen points in seventeen games, but he's already got twenty penalty minutes, and he's not like he's dropping the gloves. No, I think he was something like third in uh, two minute, like like. Uh, Two minute penalties so far, yeah. and like just untimely bad penalties. penalties in the offensive zone. It seems like every single one of them is yeah. in the offensive zone, and it's just, and then he just seems frustrated. And it's, most of the time, it's like, no, he 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 deserves it. Like I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. He just seems. I mean, like you said, he's ha- he is producing offensively. It's just these penalties are just really killing the Habs. I mean. I, I didn't. I mean, what are you gonna do? I don't. I don't think you can take him out of the lineup. No, definitely not. And I, it, it must be fluky. I mean, if you look at yeah. his career, last season was the most penalty minutes he's ever had in a, in a season was last year. Had thirty four penalty minutes. He already has twenty. Already has twenty. <laughs> Every other season, he's been like 24, 26, 24, 28. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, hopefully it's just fluky and he'll figure it out. Uh, it almost seems like he wronged an NHL ref. <laughs> Maybe. And, like, they're noticing everything he does. But, like we just said, he, he does deserve most of the penalties he gets. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he definitely does. And, again, it's it's especially the, the penalties in the offensive zone that you yeah. have, you know, that you have trouble living with. But, I mean, at this point, because he's producing offensively, I mean, he did get uh, put down on the fourth line um, in one of the – it was uh, the Boston game. Um, so I mean, you know, that's that's one way that you can maybe. No, no, I'm pretty sure that he got put down in the Philly game, no, because that's the game he got the two penalties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah right. sorry, yeah, in the it, Philly game because of the two penalties. And the thing is, is the penalties early on by uh, yeah. by Tatar are a big reason why the Canadians probably had a bad performance, right? Because it's hard to get out if you're mm-hmm. if you have a slow start and all that. If you keep killing yeah. penalties, your offensive guys aren't out there. Twain's not exactly. not 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 getting uh, his ice time. You know, Weber's like wasting all those energy, kind of like. Killing the uh, on the PK and all that, so it really can kill the team, especially with how bad the PK has been this year. Yeah, yeah, it's disappointing. But I mean, you know, if if he does continue to take those penalties again, I don't think he can take him out of the lineup. Maybe you know, putting putting him down on the fourth line. Hopefully, he'll send a bit of a message to him, and hopefully, he can get his head straight. But the thing is, is that like 
And the thing, I don't mind moving him around either. Maybe dropping his, like, really the only line that is like would say I would say is a, a numbered line would be the the Danu line is the line that plays the shutdown role. Yeah. But the Canadians don't really have one, no, two, three, four. I mean, maybe more uh, now that with Kutkinyemi out, and then yeah, like right now you have Paling Thompson and Cousins on the line. As great as Thompson's been so far this year, I mean that's probably your your f- fourth line. But like Tatar is playing at practice today with Suzuki and Lekkonen. Yeah. He should be able to mm-hmm. still get some offensive chance. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. I mean, you know, maybe you cut down on his pe- on his uh, power play time a yeah. little bit. That, that could be another way that we can maybe send him a message. But I mean, you know, he's still as long as he produces offensively. Unfortunately, you know, you're you're going to have to deal with those penalties a little bit. I mean, I've got to think it's an anomaly, yeah. honestly. It's, yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, it's like when you have a player who's having a crazy monster season where he has he usually scores maybe 20 goals a year, and all of a sudden he's got 10 goals in the first 20 games. And you look at his shooting percentage, and everyone says it's it's not it's not going to be. He's not going to maintain this pace. His, his shooting, he's been very lucky with his, with his shooting percentage, and I feel like it's just the opposite. If anything, Tatar I think has been playing with a lot of emotion, and he he clearly loves being a Montreal Canadian. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think he's there's more passion to his game now than because he was kind of like we talked a lot about it last year. I, he obviously was being benched by the the Golden Knights during their cup run. He probably lost a lot of his passion. For hockey, and then he comes to Montreal. He was embraced. He was mm-hmm. Tatar, like yeah. <laughs> in Montreal, and you could tell on social media he loves it. But I think he's got okay now. We're happy to have you here too. Mm-hmm. Now d- dial it in a little bit, but keep pr- producing offensively. But the way he's producing, I'm yeah. yeah there's I mean, no chance I would take him out of the line. No, I mean that's the thing. I, th- I think you know you talked about it too that he. He he plays with a lot of emotion too. So yeah. I mean, unfortunately, you know, sometimes that's good. you're going to take penalties in in that case if you're playing with that much emotion. And like you said, he definitely wants to be here. So I mean, you know, he's working hard. He's producing. He wants to be here. He wants to be playing for the Montreal Canadiens. So I mean, you know, unfortunately, yeah, the the penalties are something that we're going to have to live with uh, at this point. And look at it this way: it's like he is taking the penalties. That Max Domi used to take, <laughs> and now Max Domi, who has zero penalty minutes, still. I looked it up because I wasn't really? sure. Wow, I was like, that's crazy. "Have I just missed? He's still, he's still at zero penalty minutes." I'm sure there's a lot of Leafs fans that would argue that he, he should have got some, <laughs> some, some minutes for sucker punching someone uh, a few, a few weeks ago. But uh, uh, I mean, all in all, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just Tatar. It's, it's weird. Uh, and I think the way Junior handled it against Philadelphia was perfect. You know. Took away some ice time for that game. It's fine. He, he's not an idiot. He knows. And I, I think it'll get better. Just like I think Max Zomi eventually is probably going to go on a on a run of getting more penalties. <laughs> <laughs> probably. I, I don't think he's going to finish the year with zero penalties. No, de- definitely. Imagine imagine Max Zomi gets the Lady Bing. That'd be, that'd be something. <laughs> oh, that would be so phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> all right. So moving on to uh, the, the – well, of course, I mean, we, we, we can't not touch up on – unfortunately – Despite the great game, Price had really, really a bad goal. Yeah, unfortunate. That was that was honestly heartbreaking. Yeah. Like I was so happy for Price. I was I wasn't really expecting to win just the way they were playing. I was yeah. like I was yeah. thinking, all right, let's get to the shootout, and then who cares what happens in the shootout? Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would ever blame a goaltender for losing in the shootout. No, for sure. Well, I, I mean, at the end of the day, he Carey Price stole a point for the Montreal. Definitely, Canadians. but that 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 but shot that was, he's got to and, and then you see him getting out and then like breaking his stick and everything. Yeah. Is it was hard to watch. Yeah, um, it was unfortunate. But um, I mean, it's fine. He's, he's a professional. I mean, it's not the first time he's let in a bad goal. And like like you said, he stole the point. Yeah, for sure. I was watching the the, the highlights and I was like, how did we even get a single point out of this? Yeah, it, it was a pathetic effort. From uh from the Canadians overall, but still, I mean, showed, uh, showed grit as they say in coming back. But anyways, moving on to against LA now, completely different story, completely different team. I guess it's because they're back in Montreal. Dominant first period. Yeah, I mean, LA sucks. To be fair. Yeah, oh LA God. is definitely. Yeah, they might be the worst team in the NHL. They've got to be up there. Like I don't know if in the standings where they're at right now. Uh, they're but they're near the bottom for sure. Yeah, they're they're last in in, in the West with uh. How many points? Sorry, we've only got five wins. Got eleven points, and Detroit is and, and Ottawa have thirteen in the East. So yeah, they're they're the, literally the worst team in the, the NHL. worst team in the NHL. Yeah, I mean the Canadians obviously got off to a great start in the first period. Yeah, uh, and then they just sort of fell asleep yeah. <laughs> in the rest of the game. It, it's, it's been unfortunate. I mean, 
when they got to three, two nothing, and three nothing, I was like, all right, let's 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 just. I wanted to like stomp on them. Yeah. You know, I had a feeling that was when they went up three zero. Though I had I had a feeling that was going to happen, but it's it's, it's unfortunate. It's it really is. I mean, I mean, so definitely against a better team, the Canadians lose that game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean the, the the way they they fell off towards the end a little bit. I mean, not to say that the Kopitar goal was was a nice goal, uh, but I mean it's nice to see them score on the power play and all that. But yeah, it's it's really like nothing, nothing going towards the end. Price was able to to to, to keep the lead there, which mm-hmm. which is good to see. But uh, Weber with two goals was a big story. Yeah, two power play goals and that one, crazy. Yeah, like- Slap shot batted it out of that, <laughs> out of the like, air. Amazing hand eye coordination. That was pretty solid. So so now I mean we were part of the people saying he's obviously taking a step back. Yeah. But then in the last week, he's proven us wrong. I mean he and does be still <laughs> in the defensive zone have moments where I don't think he's the dominant player he used to be. Mm-hmm. But he he's still I think. I think a lot of the credit goes once again. I mean, I'm 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 the first one to criticize Claudio usually, but I think they've done a great job of kind of managing his minutes. I mean, he still was the most. I'm pretty sure I had the most time on ice uh, against uh, against the Kings, but he, it's not every game that he's that he's playing yeah. 25, 30 minutes a game, right? So I think that's part of it. The moving Mete off of him and putting Sherratt with him once in a while. I mean, that for him makes a big difference, just in the sense that. He's playing with a veteran that he doesn't need to be concerned about, yeah. kind of like teaching him or like not, not to take anything away from Mete. Mete is covered for for wherever multiple times, but there's got to be something there for him to play with more of a veteran guy like like Shira. And like I never would have thought that would work. No, no, definitely that would be the last pairing that I would have that I would have put together. I think when we were talking <laughs> about the pairings before the season, we laughed at the idea of putting yeah. them together. But hey, they've looked great but, together. Yeah, they've looked great together so far. So I mean. Uh, it's wor- it's obviously working. Yeah. I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean Weber. Yes, I think uh, you know everyone knows that he's lost maybe a bit of a step, you know, especially in the defensive zone. But I mean, uh, you know, getting older, he's. He, I don't think he's going to lose that slap shot. He's not going to lose the hockey sense that that's mm-hmm. made him one of the best defensemen in the NHL. So I mean, you know, a, a good player is going to adjust, even though they do get a little bit slower. And I think Zdeno Chara is a, a great example of that. Who's how old is he? He's like 41 now, I think. Still but, playing solid minutes in the NHL. I, but I think a big reason why Chara is still playing mm-hmm. solid minutes, and the first one to do this was Claude Julien, is that his coaching, his coaches over time have done a mm-hmm. good job of adjusting with him. Like, yeah. Chara, Chara is not playing. No, he's not. The, he's not the playing amount of minutes. minutes. He, and I, no, I think sure. Shea Weber could be very much like a like a Chara playing a long term. Like if he, I don't know if he's going to do that because of how his money on his contract yeah. is structured, but. It's just you have to adjust his role. We were, are blessed with Petrie kind of blossoming as a defenseman as as Weber went down. But yeah, Weber, I mean, he's proving people wrong and it's just in a more kind of content as like maybe as like instead of a true number one, maybe he's a one A one B situation. He's, yeah, he's been fantastic. I mean, yeah. you want to see it over a long period of time. So who knows? It's only a week that he's been like amazing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I mean, not that he's been bad at all yeah, this season, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I definitely think it helps. Uh, of course, having Jeff Petrie there on defense as well, and Kale Fleury, who's who's playing better and better by the game. So, I mean, definitely, I mean, the the, the less that he can play, the better it's going to be yeah. for him, especially as the season goes on. You know, as as we get into the hopefully into the playoff race, and hopefully, uh, you know, into the playoffs, then you know, the the less that he plays now. You know, the more, uh, the more he'll be ready to go by that time. Yeah, and because the playoff race is already uh, extremely tight, and it's not going—I mean, yeah, it's not going to loosen up at all. <laughs> Tampa Bay is out of the playoffs right now. That's just not going to happen. I refuse to believe that. And I refuse so. to believe the Sabers are going to make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. They're well, actually, they're out right now, so I guess they've slowed down a little bit. Uh, so, so there like, you go. So, like I've been saying, they, the they've lost four weeks. in a row. That's yeah, lost. But there yeah, you go. Okay, so now, right now, specifically, <laughs> right now, you happen to be right, uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's great to see for uh, for Weber, but just to go back to the game, the performances, it's disappointing to see them fall off like that. You, you'd like to see a, a full, because even though we come out of this with five points in the six games, which is fantastic. No, definitely, definitely, not one full performance like 60 minutes well, I mean, boston, boston, game. boston was more praise had a rough game i guess yeah but uh, but yeah definitely i mean the flyers game obviously didn't play great they were very lucky to get the yeah. one point 
And I mean, same thing against the Kings. I mean, they basically basically played like twenty minutes, yeah. and that was enough to, to yeah, get the win. Exactly. But yeah, you, you definitely want to see them play more complete games and not have you know the team come back like that. Well, even though they didn't fully come back, but you don't want to see them get down early and then have to come back yeah. or get exactly. the lead early and then exactly. You know, like a nice like four one win where we're not paying attention in the last 10 minutes because you know it's in the bag. Yeah. I, just want, you know, I just want one of those, you know? I feel like we don't get a lot of those. It's true. It's good for the heart, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so let's, uh, let's talk about the games coming up then. Uh, so tomorrow at Columbus. Now, Columbus, they, they had a rough, very rough offseason, and it's showing to start the year. I mean, who many believe may be the best goaltender in the world? I mean, a lot of our listeners may not. Agree with that because a lot of people think it's Price. Also, I definitely don't agree with that. But a lot of people think it's Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky's up there. He's up there, but I don't think he's like top five. Yeah, but like the the, the number mm-hmm. one changes year in and year out, right? It, it's hard with goaltenders. There's so much. There's so much like fluctuation with the, he who's at the top. I mean, he he's won he's won the Vezina fairly recently. But anyways, you move on from Bobrovsky to what is it? Corpusalo? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's corporate salary. Yeah, but apparently tomorrow it should be this other guy whose it's name is be Elvis Merzlikens. So a third round pick in 2014. Um, his name is Elvis. His name is Elvis. Yep. Is that is that pretty much the extent of the knowledge we have of him? <laughs> uh, I mean, he seems to have some pretty pretty okay, good I'm stats. On the, uh, playing in the... I'm on the Blue Jackets team page, and he is not. Listed as one of their goalies. Yeah, well, I think he was with uh, with Cleveland. Yeah, but you would think year. that the team whose job it is to run the website would be able to just add the goaltender that's been called up to the team page. <laughs> you know, there's people trying to do podcasts here. But I mean, we know how uh, we know how their how uh, backup goalies tend to play in in Montreal. Yeah, how how, how great Canadian players so. the Canadians make them look. I, 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 I've always felt that there's that and. Carey Price allowing the first career goal to someone. That's true. I think it happened twice this week. That's true. Like, or a Quebecer scoring their scoring the first goal. Of the game. A Quebecer, forget about it. Whether it's in net <laughs> or it's or it's playing against us. I mean, it's fair enough. I mean, okay. Well, luckily, uh, what's his name? Elvis Merkel, whatever his name is, is not a Quebec-born goalie. I would I would assume so. I would assume so. <laughs> uh, but still, point is, uh, assuming this Elvis guy doesn't have a crazy game against us. This should be a, a team that they should be able to, to yeah, pounce definitely. on. I mean, it's in Columbus. So it's, it's obviously on, on on the road. I mean, they're not a terrible team, but they, they lost. They lost. Like basically, Columbus went for it. It didn't go well. It fell off, and now it's just kind of like, man, eh, they're, they're in. Yeah, they're they're in for a rough a rough go. I think for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, they do have a. Pierre Luc Dubois, speaking of Quebecers, yeah, could have that's a, true. Yeah. Oh, so he's going to score the first goal, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, hey, Corpus Allo is actually not that bad of a goalie, but he has just had a rough start. This yeah, season. well, I mean, he has a bad team. Ba- basically, they though. thought like getting rid of Bobrovsky, they could just move on and put in Corpus Allo. But it, my point earlier is, it's not that easy to just move no. on from one of the top five goaltenders in the world. No, for sure. But I mean, he definitely doesn't have a great team in front of him either, right? Mm. So no, for sure. Yeah, they're they're going to be uh, in a world of hurt probably for a couple of seasons, but I mean, hopefully the Canadians can pull it off on Tuesday. And after how they played against LA, where at first they they showed they were a better team, but they fell off. You'd think that they'd come in here against Columbus, and then they're playing against Ottawa. I mean, I want to see a dominant performance. And then the Rangers, who are not even that crazy, like this is a pretty light schedule this week coming. Yeah, out. yeah. This is. I mean, you're hoping for three wins. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Not only that, I want at least one dominant victory. Yeah, yeah you definitely like to see it. Def- definitely three teams that the Canadians sh- you would think would be able to beat. Ottawa, however, has been a bit on 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 a, on a roll. Uh, what's it, the goalie in Ottawa? It's Nielsen. Craig Ander- oh, uh, Anders Nielsen. Yeah. Anders Nielsen. Nielsen. Nielsen or Nielsen. Nielsen. I don't know Nielsen. Nelson, Nelson, whatever. Well, it's Nelson. Yeah, yeah, he he just won uh, Player of the Week for the NHL, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so he had a really solid week. I mean, uh, but I mean, they're down one nothing right now to Carolina. But uh, I mean, we'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, at least two. I, we got to get five out of six points again. As well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the the Canadians are just on the bubble right now for the playoffs, so they're definitely going to have to keep up uh, keep up the run that they've been having the last uh, the last two weeks or so. 
But definitely, I mean, especially when you play against the ease, or at least on paper, these easier teams. I mean, uh, yeah, they, you definitely got to hope for a win against Columbus, a win against Ottawa. Rangers, Rangers don't have a bad team, but they have been off to a bad start. And Carey Price tends to play very well in, That's true. Uh, in New York. That's true. So, and, and it's on a Saturday night. Oh, my God. I'm an idiot. Yes. Okay. Yes, I have right. mixed up the schedule because we're playing against Columbus two weeks in a row. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> this is all my fault because I had the schedule in front of me and, and Dustin's just following my lead. <laughs> we are not playing Ottawa and New York. That's next week, so you'll get more on that next <laughs> week. We're playing in Montreal against Columbus tomorrow. Definitely have to win that. And then we're much tougher matchup in Washington on Friday. <laughs> I knew that sounded wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 my bad. So stay tuned in two weeks for a very easy week. But this week a bit tougher, <laughs> but not that much tougher because Columbus at home, so it's easier than on the road. And then in Washington on Friday, that's that's a tougher game. But then back home uh, against New Jersey, New Jersey. I mean, I mean, you, you kind of talk about New Jersey and New York in the same way. You know, like the same <laughs> same kind of start. People expected more, having a rough start to the year. You know, so what we've said is, applies to that too. <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, Washington, well, Washington will be a tough game. I, I, I don't think they've had the greatest start to the season, but, but I mean, we, we all know what Ovi does every time he plays against the Montreal Canadiens. Well, there was that stat recently of the, 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 the top, the, the players have scored the most goal against Carey Price. Mm-hmm. And it was, they, they, they talked about it because James Van Reeves like scored it against him. And he is one of the top because he played for the Leafs. And all the players were all players that played in the division. Like Spezza was there because he played for Ottawa yeah. for so long. And then Oveshkin. Just because yeah. he's amazing. <laughs> and he's probably on that list for like every For team. every single goalie, right, I'm sure. So, for every single goalie, yeah, exactly. So uh, Washington is definitely a tougher matchup. But now, okay, so it's back-to-back Friday, Saturday. Saturday's at home. But Friday is the obvious tougher matchup. You know, so Kincaid's you... playing one of these games. Yeah, definitely. Well, you probably play Kincaid against New Jersey, his old team, right? But he tends, to, we tend to play Price at home. Oh, his old team, New Jersey. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So Actually. you got to figure that's what yeah. it's going to okay. be. Okay. Yeah. So, so Kincaid gets a home game on a Saturday. There you go. That's exciting for him. Well, I guess the Blue Jackets is also his former team, but. Well, but, yeah, I don't even know if you played last year. Yeah, for yeah, yeah, barely. Uh, like yeah, New Jersey is the his team. Yeah, no, that no, no. He, yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean New Jersey definitely a win, a game that you're gonna hope they're gonna win. I mean they obviously got off to an atrocious start. Yeah, bounced back a little bit uh, the last week or so, the last two weeks. But uh, yeah, I mean definitely you know you gotta hope that they beat at least Columbus and uh, and New Jersey, and hopefully they can maybe pick up a point against Washington. And then a really easy week next week. Yeah, really. We'll talk more <laughs> about that next week. <laughs> it, it, it's hard, uh, you know, doing a podcast, you know. I mean, to be fair, you didn't correct me, so. Uh, all right, so, so so moving on to that wonderful preview of the next week uh, for the Canadians. We have a few more uh, Twitter questions that we didn't get to uh, naturally. Yeah, so we got uh, Etienne Ferland. Um, so he's asking. So once once uh, Cook and Yemi does come back, are they going to send him down, send Paling down, trade a forward, put a forward on waivers? What do you think they do? Well, first of all, do we think Cook and Yemi is still injured? Cook and Yemi said on Wednesday he's ready to go. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he's he's not playing tomorrow. Yeah, that we know. I mean, so far Paling's been fine. Yeah, yeah. but it's he not like he's done either. anything. You know, it really, it, when he got to play on the third line, and now he's back on the fourth line playing left wing, right? Paling is not staying in Montreal to play left wing next to Thompson and Cousins. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Right, like the, the team tomorrow, assuming that the lines we had uh, today is what's playing tomorrow, would be better with Kutkinyemi at center and Suzuki playing on the wing with Thompson because Suzuki and Thompson have been great together. Yeah. And there's a lot of reports that Thompson is taking Suzuki under, under his wing and all that. So... I, I think at this point, Penning gets sent back down. I, honestly, the, the Canadians have been extremely lucky and knock on wood, very little injuries. This, That's true. Yeah. This seem, I'm, I'm convinced this is a very minor injury mm-hmm. with Kutkin Yemi that the, mm-hmm. they're, they're stretching out. Yeah, I think so too. You know? um, yeah, it does seem seem, seem a little weird. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think, and you mentioned it, the paling the lines today, he was on the fourth line at left wing. I think that's pretty telling yeah. that they already know exactly what they're going to do. Exactly. The paling is probably going to be sent down after uh, after tomorrow's game, which I don't think is necessarily that bad of an option either. I mean, no. he really hasn't done a whole lot. Yeah. 
Hasn't even scored another hat trick. I know. It's really, what a bust. <laughs> what a bust. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, like, he, you don't really even notice him that much, I, I find. There was one play which I thought was nice, and I forgot who. Someone got hit. It was like Lekkanen, or someone got knocked over, yeah. and then he went to defend him. Yeah. Which, which is nice to, yeah, nice you to like see. like to see that, for sure. You like to see that type of And he hasn't looked bad either. No. Uh, we're not, no, we're not no, saying he's no, looked bad. Not. But. It's, he hasn't made the decision hard either. No, exactly. Yeah, so. so, I mean, you know, do you want him playing fourth line winger or do you want him being the top line center? Exactly. Exactly. He's still better off get going. And then if you send Kanyemi down, I mean, you have to consider the, the whole media circus that's going to come with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't want that to. How react to it? Yeah. You know, so. Like, you don't want the whole media circus to, to factor into any decisions you're making, but... But it does. Uh, you have to, though. Yeah. You you have to. And now, also, with the way they've been moving the lines around a little bit, if Kutkaniemi could come back and not play with Byron and Lekkanen, mm-hmm. maybe he'll do better. Hopefully. Hopefully he can uh, Yeah, hopefully he can get it going here. I mean, if, if he can like continues to struggle the way that he was, he was struggling, maybe at that point he does get a look in Laval. I think it's. I still think it's a little far fetched. And that but. was the struggle line. Like I said, yeah. the thing is, is I'm obviously vocally, I love Kutkaniemi, and I think he has great potential, and I think he he's the future number one center for the Montreal Canadiens. But he's not quite there yet, and he needs help. And I don't mm-hmm. think it helps him to play with Byron and Lekkanen when they're both struggling so much. Now they're both since Kutkaniemi yeah. went down has yeah. started to look better, but they've also played. A, like separate from each other, it's not just. I don't think it's just because they're not playing with no. with, uh, with with Kat Kinyemi, right? So let Kat Kinyemi play with some good players. I'd love at some point to see him and Suzuki play together, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I'd, lo- I'd definitely love to see that as well. I don't think it's going to happen though. I mean, he seems to trust Suzuki defensively. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, the more he, does, he trusts uh, Suzuki, he might be willing to to play Kat Kinyemi with him. Yeah, I think. I mean, that'd be that'd be pretty cool to see for sure. Absolutely. And then uh, and then you could get maybe Tatar on the same line, and then we a good nickname for that would be Tater Tots. That's pretty good, actually. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, so, some, so, I can't take credit for it. Somebody else posted it on Twitter. But okay, not like that. I like, especially <laughs> now that Tatar has been moved off the Daniel Gallagher line. Not that he'll never go back with. But I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Tatar with Kutkiniemi. Yeah, I think Tatar on the third line would be pretty good. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I think that that that, that would be a good, good way to spread the offense. And I, once again, I do think that this is how this team is going to have success is by spreading the offense. We've got to be a yeah. team that. And that's why, and as much as I'd love to see Kutkiniemi with Suzuki. It's kind of hard not to put Suzuki back with Thompson because that line. Exactly. Showed, well, they've been playing so, so good. Much. Exactly. I mean, right. There's no reason really to, to, to take him away from there. So, yeah, I mean, pretty easy decision, I think. And the thing is, is when you send Paling down, the same thing you told him when you sent him down in the first place, it's it's it's, it's crazy there hasn't been more injuries, honestly. There's probably going to be another one and at that point, you know. Yeah, well, definitely. Um, you know, I mean, there's definitely going to be injuries, so it's, it's not. Obviously, not the last time that we're going to see uh, see Paling here, but you know, I mean, uh, it, it looks pretty written in stone at yeah, this point. It's a fairly easy easy decision. Like the only really only other option, if maybe you wanted just to alternate who's playing between Paling and Kanyemi, I don't know if they want to do that. You you send down one of the defensemen. Like, what's the point of having? Well, Foley yeah, that's on the uh, team? that's actually one. Yeah, one uh, one other listener on on Twitter, uh, Ken McMillan, mentioned the same thing. Isn't the best solution to put Foline on waivers? And they're carrying eight D and barely use Foline since Flurry was back in the lineup, which is true. So, I mean, they're really not using him whatsoever. Um, I mean, we could use an extra forward too. Especially, I mean, like you said, we've been lucky so far with with the injuries, but mm-hmm. eventually. You know, there's going to be some guys that are going to get hurt. And the thing is, if we do lose Foline, and we might not even. Probably there, not. There, there's other guys that could step in. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's that lots would be of just good guys. as good as Foline. Lots of good guys in Laval. I mean, Juleson's looked pretty good so far since yeah. coming back. Um, I mean, other guys, you know, you got Liskin in, you got Ouellette. Oh, they're both left-handed defensemen. Yeah. But but the question is, do you want to do that, or do you want to just put Paling back in Laval and be like, okay, just go play 10 games, yeah. 20 minutes a game, Number one center or number two center role, you know, so that, that might be the better thing for for Paling too. But I mean, either way, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But ninety percent, I think Paling is going to be yeah, down. yeah, definitely, I think so, and I, I think it's the right decision at least uh, for the moment. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Uh, so next uh, Twitter question. Uh, we have some more questions here. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, that was a really good question. There was um, one about and this. there was a, and Rob, yes. So, uh, at HabsRob1993, 
Uh, oh, living in the past. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the question was, is Montreal a much better team than we thought? What do you think? I think that that's what I thought last year. Yeah. Last year, Montreal was uh, a lot better than I thought they were going to be. But this year, they're pretty... They're almost exactly like last yeah. year. Yeah, that's and all. that's pretty much to be. Expected. They're 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 weirdly better in some areas and worse in other areas, but very similar fighting for a playoff spot till the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think most people, well, definitely us. We we both thought they were going to be fighting for the playoffs um, up until the final game, which yeah. you know I think is is what they've done so far, yeah. and I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to continue to do. I mean, you know, they they are a solid. They're a good team. I mean, obviously they they have their holes. You know, if we could get that left-handed defenseman and maybe maybe another scoring winger, I think we you know we'd be one of the one of the top teams potentially in the East. Yeah. At the same but, time, I wouldn't be willing to to part no. with any of the young. No, exactly. Players. I mean, you know, we're we're a solid team. We're a, a fringe playoff team. That hopefully, I mean, if everything pans out, if a couple of these prospects can pan out the way that we're hoping they can, then we're going to be a pretty competitive team in a few years. I, I do think, even though statistically we're pretty much the same as last year, we we. I do like what I see this year more than last year was like a young team that played with a lot of emotion and but maybe could fall off. And like maybe last year that game against LA, LA ends up coming back. And maybe they're not even yeah. as dominant as they were at the beginning of the game. Like the you definitely I definitely would put like the Habs obviously aren't in the top tier of teams. They're not like no. one of the elite teams. They're middle of the pack, but they're like last year they were maybe like a middle in the, in the at the bottom of the middle of the pack, but now they're like at the top. Like when they're playing against weaker teams, you can see more of a difference than last year. Whereas last year, I feel like you'd see them play to the level of the weaker team and all that. Yeah. So I do see an improvement this year, which is which is great to see, and it's just the growth of of of, of a young team. Honestly. No, exactly. I mean, it was obviously we had a young team last year. I mean, they're just a year a year older. They've played together. I mean, really haven't hasn't been that many changes in in the lineup since last season. So I mean, just a, a you know a team with with a little bit more chemistry than they had yeah. last year. And, uh, I mean, I think it's, you know, we're definitely on the upswing, and it's, it's just going to keep getting better over the next few years. Uh, but at some point, though, because I just mentioned, like, I wouldn't want to trade one of the, the young guys. At some point, if because now Suzuki's playing at center. Kakinemi is a center. Paling is a center. Mm. At what point would you want to move one of those players? It's it's gonna be tough to move, to move any one of those guys. I mean, if you get the right return, though, you yeah. Know? If you get like a, a, a equivalent defenseman, because at the end of the day, would be better off. As much as I love all yeah. three of them, if the equivalent of Paling as a left defenseman was in Laval, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, I think if if they were to do that. Yeah, I think Paling would probably be the guy, the odd man, odd man out. But what if Suzuki's the guy that gets you the better return? I don't know if I, I don't think I'd move, move Suzuki. Yeah, he's been so I mean, good so far this yeah, year. Yeah, I know. Because like... the thing is, if you're looking at center, right now, Dano to me, like he's a, a center that is on your cup winning team as yeah. a third line center. No, yeah, definitely. So I don't want to get rid of a guy like that. The other question is maybe do we eventually try Domi on the wing? We've talked about this already, yeah. but yeah, it could be yeah, it could be an option too. I mean, you know, I think Kutkiniemi and Paling are both going to have to get to another level before, yeah, of course, before we do start thinking about doing that. But uh, I mean, it's 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 a good problem to have. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I I wouldn't want to be the one <laughs> making yeah. that decision though. That's for sure. Yeah, because if you move if you move Paling and then it turns out. For whatever reason, Suzuki doesn't work out, and Paling blows up wherever you send him. You know, you got to get the right return too. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a tough decision, but it's it's nice to it's we've said it before, we will say it again. It's crazy that this is our situation at center right now. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a great problem yeah. to have. Obviously, not a problem that we thought we'd uh, we'd ever have <laughs> just yeah. a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and one final Twitter question that we got from Tom. Uh, so at Lear's Cove. Uh, so. If the Habs miss the playoffs, it'll be four or five years out. Will or should Bergevin be fired, and what will his legacy be? Uh, so first of all, I think it's only three years they made the, they've missed the playoffs. Uh, I'm pretty I, sure they made the playoffs three years ago when they lost. Well, they lost in the first round though to the Rangers. But should have looked this up before the podcast. I can't remember. But, off the top um, of my head, but I mean, I think it's it is a valid question. I think it's it's a question a lot of people um, ask themselves. You know, if if they do miss the playoffs again this year, but Personally, the way that I feel, I mean, they have 
they've really built this nucleus right now just with the young players on the team but also the young prospects that are coming in that I, f- I feel like you have to sort of see how it's going to play out over the next at least like two or three years. See, I, I think, well, first of all, 16-17, uh, they actually won the division. That's the last time they, they made the playoffs. Yeah, so, okay. So, so it would be three years. Yeah, three years. So the thing is, is if you look at it in the sense that, like, how long Belgermain has been here and he's missing the playoffs, like, I could, I could get thinking that, but, like, look at the the prospects we've, like, yeah. the cupboards of prospects that we've built up for the Canadians. And I, I, I criticize a lot of his moves in the past, but there's no denying that in the last few years – the thing is, I feel like he's grown a lot as a GM. He he recognized that he had to restart mm-hmm. and had to kind of get some young players and go from from there. And if you look at where we were at the beginning of last year, when we got when we got Kakinyemi as a third overall pick, we we're starting last year. We were going into it being like, okay, this is a rebuilding team, not making playoff for a couple of years, and then we'll go from there. That's what the expectation was. Yeah. If it, it, so now it's almost like because what Benjamin has done is outperforming what we expected to, it to do, mm-hmm. because we're almost making the playoffs, now we're talking about should we fire Benjamin? So I don't think at all. It doesn't so. make any sense to me at all. Like no. we haven't, you know, it, it, I would want to fire. If anything, I'm glad that I don't think that he has that pressure from Molson. Because mm-hmm. you don't. The last thing you want is to have your GM in a situation where he thinks he needs to win now, and all of a sudden you got like a Mike Milbury trading away all his young players. Yeah, no, that's definitely some, a good point. Yeah, you know? definitely. You don't you don't want the GM to be really on the hot seat because then he's going to make some bad moves yeah. that you know that are going to be, you know, they, they, they could kill the the future of the franchise. But I mean, like two years ago, like when when basically they finished like, like when they got Kukinami, he could have very easily and maybe sh- it could very easily be argued that he should have been fired at that point. Exactly. But if you decide to keep him at yeah. that point, then you're t- you're saying, okay, it your first kind of build didn't work. I'm giving you another shot. But you got to give him like three years. No, exactly. Three, four years. You can't you just know? say, yeah. okay, well, if you don't make the playoffs next year, yeah. you're going to be out. It doesn't make right? any sense. So, I mean, I think, you know, with uh, all these prospects coming up, you got to give him another another two or three years just to see how this is going to pan out. And then, you know, if, if two th- another two, three years down the road, if they don't start making the playoffs or if they're not showing any progression, if the prospects aren't aren't sure. developing the way they're, that we hope they're developing, then then at that point, you know, it's, it'll yeah, definitely exactly. be the end. You start talking about it then, but yeah. he, he's a, a very young GM who has obviously improved since yeah. he's been the GM of the Canadians. Okay. And I think I feel like sometimes in the past uh, – we, we we see this with coaches a lot, right? We we so we we have the whole like French coaches, and we often give them the first opportunity. Like Michel Terrien, Alain Vigneault, Claude Julien, all got their first opportunities with the Canadians, mm-hmm. and two of them go off. I mean, Julien won the cup. Did Vigneault ever win the cup, or he made it to the final? He made it to the final with, with Vancouver. So you see them kind of like with the Rangers. get their begin- yeah. beginnings with us. And then, yeah. oh, it doesn't work out after three years, and then they go off to another team, and then Julien ended up coming back, which is great. But you got to be patient if you you bring in a new GM, and we see, there's been progression. It's not like he's looked lost out there. No, no he's exactly. gotten better. And to me, talk of firing Benjamin makes no sense. It made more sense, like you said, a couple of seasons yeah, ago. Yeah, two yeah. two years ago, I mean, I definitely could have saw it happening. Uh, a little surprised it didn't happen, <laughs> to yeah. be honest with you. But I mean, I, I think over the last two years, I can't think of a bad move that he's made. Yeah, it, it's all it's all the, the moves we thought were bad yeah. like, were amazing. And get, like, what's Galchenyuk been doing? Right? Oh, exactly. That, I mean, he's that been hurt like a lot this, yeah. lot this year. I mean, he could find chemistry with Crosby. You never know. But uh, I mean, I mean, two of the guys, the big guys, he moved Crosby, uh, Crosby. Uh, Galchenyuk and uh, PK were traded again since he traded them. Yeah. Whatever that means, I mean, there's, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that it means anything more than it means, but there's something to that. Yeah. Right? No, for sure. So I mean, no, at this point, uh, you know, he has a couple more years, I think, yeah. in him, and we'll see how uh, how it plays out. But um, definitely not at this point. Yeah, and I think going into next year, we're gonna start thinking more. Uh, like this year, I wasn't really expecting them to make the playoffs, but I would want them to make the jump uh, next year for sure. And I would like to see. I mean, he tries. I don't think it's his fault, but like, just he goes for the those big fish in free agency, 
and it just doesn't work. But if if he really wants to add add a big piece, I mean, there the left D for example does have to improve yeah. sooner rather than later. But yeah, for for this year, no, there's no firing Vashon right now because then you're restarting again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, if you're, if you're GM, hiring a new GM, he's like, oh, I want my own coach, and then he's gonna make all these. You know, I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. No, no, you give him a few more years, and then uh, we'll see where we're at uh, two, three years down the road. Uh, all right, so we're keeping Benjamin. We're keeping Benjamin. All right, keeping Benjamin. All right, so I'll, I'll make sure to let uh, Jeff Molson know. And uh, all right, so uh, so moving on from the halves, then uh, let's talk quickly about the Rocket on a six-game winning streak. They're doing amazing. I mean, I mean, they started off so poorly. I know. It looked like, oh, here we go again. It's going to be another terrible year for the Rocket here. But, uh, yeah, six on a six-game winning streak, the longest in Laval Rocket history. And it's not just Caden Primo. Well, Lingren's got a few good games under his belt, too. Yeah, well, Lingren played on Saturday. He got a shutout. There you go. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, they're getting great goaltending. They have great defense as well. Uh, they're not scoring a whole lot, but I mean, <laughs> but when you get that good of goaltending, I guess it doesn't matter too too much. Uh, and I mean, the big thing was they were playing twice in Cleveland against the Monsters, the team that basically they were fighting with for sort of like I guess the, the last yeah. playoff spot. So it was two huge games for them. Um, and I mean, the six game winning streak too. I mean, before before the two games against Cleveland was you know they were playing the top the top of the top teams. You know, they beat Hartford, they beat Toronto, they beat Providence. So, I mean, it's not against the lower teams that they're doing this. They're doing against, doing this against the top competition. It'll be interesting to see if they can if they can keep it going. Cause, I mean, it makes sense because we thought they had a good team going into yeah, the year. Definitely I, I think they just had a slow start. Yeah. So, I mean, the, uh, the, the, this is exciting. I mean, I mean, I'd love to see some playoff hockey in Laval this year. Definitely. It'd be hopefully third time's the charm. It'd be great to see them make the playoffs this year. Uh, I'll definitely be there for for probably all the games. Yeah, I'm super excited, yeah. super excited for that. We're going to the games again Friday and Saturday. Yeah, who are they playing Friday and Saturday? So Friday they are playing Milwaukee Admirals. Okay, and Saturday they're playing the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Tigers, Sound Tigers. So Milwaukee is second, and so they have the same amount of points as them. So but Bridgeport, I'm not seeing anywhere. Hold on. And uh, well, they're also playing oh. Wednesday. They're playing the Belleville Senators. So a uh, little bit of a busier week here. Um, they're still going with the one and one. Uh, Did you for say the, they're playing the Sunday goalies. too? Uh, no, on Wednesday. Oh, I was like they're playing three games in a row. <laughs> well, they do do that sometimes. Yeah, but yeah. No, they're playing Wednesday, uh, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, so they're they're keeping this uh, you know one goalie one goalie each game there thing going. I mean, now that Lingren had a big game, I mean it's. Yeah, well, I mean, Lindgren, uh, I mean, Primo has just had ridiculous stats yeah, so far. It's, it's it's amazing what he's yeah. doing so far. But, uh, I mean, Lindgren hasn't been that bad either. Um, so, I mean, it should be, based on what we've seen so far, it should be Primo on uh, on Wednesday, Lindgren on Saturday, or uh, Friday, and then uh, Primo again on sun, uh, Saturday. I, I was seeing also, because speaking of Lindgren and Primo, I mean, McNiven's kind of been left out. You know, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty disappointing. I, I was I was reading about how they've reached out to him because the thing he's on alone because we don't have an EC, ECHL yeah. affiliate in Montreal. So right? no ECHL team right now. Um, they are working on it though, potentially yeah. having a team next year, um, in Trois Rivières. Um, so that'd be great, I think, for the organization. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, I mean, Michael McNiven, who, who played really well with the Rocket last year and was playing really well with the Adirondack Thunder in the ECHL, who like you mentioned, is the Devils team. Um, he was the goal turner of the week and hasn't played since. Yeah. Because apparently the Devils have two or three of their own goalies down there. Yeah. So. I mean, it is what it is. And, like, it's not their job to, to help. No, I mean, of course. Know? They're going to so. they're, they're want to put their own goalies in there, their own uh, their own prospects. But, uh, yeah, apparently they're working – they're trying to find a better fit for McNiven. I mean, you want to see him play as much as he possibly yeah, can. Yeah, ab- Absolutely. Because uh, at some point there is the like Lindgren get, getting on a hot streak, I wouldn't mind then moving him for a pick or something. Yeah, if, I mean, if if that uh, you know if ever a team came came calling for him, yeah. I mean, definitely, I think it's I think it's a move that, that you could possibly do. But at the same time, I think they do maybe want to keep Lindgren to you know be that be the, sort of that shoulder that Primo can lean on. Yeah. Like the veteran um, AHL goalie. Yeah, well, just today uh, in an interview, Lindgren was was like praising Primo and how good yeah, he was. Yeah, I saw that. And yeah. So I mean, you know, I I I guess that is something, that, especially when you have a good prospect like Primo, something that you want to consider. It, it, it's nice to see that because for a lot of goaltenders could could 
like for a lot of people like Lingren, you could see Primo coming in and be like, "Oh, I've been fighting for this for so yeah. long. Now this kid's gonna come in. He's already getting all the love." But to see him react that way, if he is ready to be a kind of a, a mentor to to Primo, that there's definitely value there for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, if you know, if it was McNiven there, I mean. I mean, well, McNiven, from from all accounts, was a was a good teammate when he was in Laval, but obviously he's going to want to be competing and yeah. and getting as much playing time as he can. But uh, I mean, hopefully it works out for him. Hopefully we can hopefully we can find him a spot. Uh, another pretty solid problem to have. I mean, yeah, it's so a good problem, three, but three uh, obviously defenders. pretty unfortunate for, for yeah. yeah it sucks. It sucks for McNiven, but it is what it is. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Caden Primo is the next in line after Carey Price. Neither of the other two are ever going to take over for Price. Probably not. Right. So, I mean, we're just arguing who's going to be back up to Primo sooner <laughs> rather than later in, in Laval. Uh, all right. So, uh, Rocket are exciting now. Let's talk about the prospects. Yeah, Cam Hillis. Yeah. So, Someone other than Cole Caulfield. Yeah. About. So, player of the week in the OHL. He had seven points in two games over the weekend. So, not a bad week. Not too bad. That's pretty solid. Started off the week yeah. playing uh, for Team OHL against, uh, against the Russians. So, he had a heck of a week. Uh, again, I mean, it's not the first time we talked about him. He got off to a to a slow start this season, but has been tearing it up as of late. Uh, so it's exciting to see him. I mean, they had what kind of have, potential do you think a guy like him has? Because he's not like a high profile prospect at all. No, he's probably like a third line center. But be, you do you believe he'll he'll crack an NHL lineup? I think he's got an upward upward battle ahead yeah. of him. But I mean, the way that he's playing right now. The way you know what he what he's showing this season, playing for a younger team, team that won yeah. you know that won the championship last yeah. year. So obviously, I mean, they lost a lot of good players like Nick Suzuki. So he was you know they were a team that weren't really expected to do much, but they've been great so far, and he's been uh, he's been one of the biggest reasons why. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to be a long term project. He's not going to be in Montreal uh, you know in two or three years, but he'll be in Laval probably. He should be in Laval next year. And, uh, and no, I think he'll he, – he definitely has a shot to be a third-line center. All right. Well, there you have it. Captain Hillis, the Cam next third-line center for the Montreal. Next third-line <laughs> center. I mean, of course, that's with all the other centers no, we exactly, already have. Exactly. I mean, but it's, it's – if, if anything, it's a – I'm always happy to see anyone who came up in the Habs organization do well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Even if it means him getting an NHL career in Arizona for all I care. <laughs> you know, it's – it's, uh, it's I'm always happy for them, you know. And it, it looks good for the for the good old GM that we want to give a few more years to. There you go. So, there right. you go. Another good prospect for him. So, and yeah, I, I, saw, I saw Cole Caulfield. He hasn't scored in a while. But he had a beautiful pass uh, recently, so you know, showing his playmaking uh, ability too. Yeah, so he had, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he had two assists over the weekend. Um, so yeah, he hasn't scored in uh, I think four games now, or three, or maybe four games. So I don't know. I don't think it's a concern. No. <laughs> he still has eight goals this season, but uh, yeah, cooling down a little bit. I, I think mean, he's still leading college and goal scoring despite uh, I that. think he is yes yeah, so yeah, so uh, yeah so it's still fine <laughs> I'm not going to call him a bust just yet no not yet no. But, he hasn't uh, scored a hat trick yet I don't know what's up with that that's true him and Paling Paling I don't know no hat tricks that's disappointing kind of unacceptable but uh, yeah I mean uh, he's off to a great start hopefully he can keep it up and uh, and maybe we'll see him in Montreal for the playoffs at the end of the year <laughs> I don't know about that <laughs> I don't know about that I don't know if they, they did rush him like that uh, he, he to be fair he is I mean we we were looking at uh, Max Domi's uh, Instagram. We were just making fun of Gallagher for being so so short. Who he is short, but I mean he looks huge next to Cole Caulfield. That's true. So I don't think that the size will be that much of an issue. But I don't don't know if you want to put an undersized yeah, player. Probably, probably not at eighteen. At eighteen years old, you know, maybe maybe let him get some muscle mass. You know, uh, get get a few off seasons training with uh with uh you know Kinyemi and Mete. You know. <laughs> But uh, no, I mean the prospects are doing good, um, and uh, yeah, well, no, two other guys too playing for uh, Shakutami in the queue, Samuel Hood and Raphael Harvey Pinard, both uh, both tearing it up as of late as well. Um, Harvey Pinard especially got off to a bit of a slow start, but he's uh, he's definitely turned it on. Oh, well, so exciting go. stuff! Very, very exciting. Despite the fact that I'm yawning right now, it's getting late. It's past my bedtime. That's <laughs> uh, nah, not even eight p.m. But uh, all right, well, it's good to hear about the prospects. I mean, not as much exciting news as when Cole Caulfield is scoring and and all that, but it's great to see Cam Cam Hill is doing as well as he is. And and Rafael Pinal had a really good camp, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He was uh, he was on the first line of camp. Uh, 
with Paley and, and I, I feel like we're gonna Suzuki. see a few more camps where like he gets talked about because of his name, but then nothing's actually gonna <laughs> happen there. But, but well, uh, we'll see. I mean, he definitely has uh, has some potential there. Um, but uh, it's gonna be exciting to see, and we'll have the World Juniors coming up in about a month and a half. So can't wait for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, guys, follow us. Follow us on Twitter at the Habs Forum. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, you know, don't, and don't next week to send us we messages. get more in-depth analysis for next week's games. For next week's games, you got a preview. Yeah. You've today. already talked about. You got a preview today. You get yeah. just the, the totality next week. I'll make sure to check the calendar before next yeah, week. Exactly. Then. Maybe you do some prep before the podcast. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, and send us those messages, guys. If you yeah, have more any, questions, uh, any and questions. like I say every week. Go review us. We haven't had a review in like two weeks on the iTunes store, Apple store, whatever, whatever it's called. Go review us. Five stars. All right. Thanks for listening.